to Story Hooked, a podcast by two book lovers here on a mission to help you find your next read and maybe hook you on our favorites along the way. All right, we are so excited today to talk to you about one of our absolute favorite all-time tropes, and that is enemies to lovers. Now, you might think that this trope is overdone, and it is definitely used a lot. It might be a a little bit. It might be a little bit. It is used a lot. I don't care. (laughs) But it is so fantastic, and when it is well done, it is just like, mwah. It's like a good steak. It is just delicious, so fun, and you want another one, right? So we're talking about enemies to lovers. We're going to talk about some of our favorites, talk about why we like them, kind of recommend it to you if if it sounds like something that you like, and also um, what we're hoping to read this year that is an enemies to lovers, and just kind of what we love about it, maybe what we don't, just all of it. All yeah, because it's thing. kind of it's kind of a mixed bag. Because when it's done well, it's so good, and yes. when it's not done well, it's so bad. Yep, it's like, <laughs> it's like one of the most common and worst tropes to mess up. You know what I mean? Yes. Yep. And so we're gonna we're acknowledging that, and we'll talk about it a little bit, but also talk about some that we think are well done. And this this is kind of our like, if you like enemies to lovers, these are our thoughts and our suggestions, and some ideas for books that you should check out if you haven't read yet yep and a lot some of these we've both read but actually today we have several that only one of us has read so so our tbr is growing again once again more tbr editions it's so great (laughs) i know you know i checked out my goodreads account today and i I like checked the want to read section so my my tbr that's where i keep my tbr and it's like 137 which some people will think is massive and some people will think is tiny (laughs) But from when I started my Goodreads account till now, which was really only this year, I'm like, wow, that that really escalated. That went up fast. Well, that escalated quickly. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Awesome. But amazing. Okay. So where where do we want to start today? Because we have several things we want to talk about. Um, Let's start with, I'm thinking just. Okay. Well, we acknowledge that like enemies to lovers can be really good or really bad let's like yes let's go into that for a second like what are things that you really like seeing in enemies to lovers and what are things that are like red flags no stay away get out of my book right Don't what's like a what's like a good part of it and just like the not hmm yeah i would say just for me something that i like about enemies to lovers is character development for me yeah. for a book to be something that i just love It's seeing growth in the characters, just who they are and how they become just a better version of themselves. Not necessarily changing completely because it bugs me when some characters have such a big change that it doesn't even seem realistic, but character development is just such, it's like a must have for me. And so with an enemies to lovers thing, what I love about it is that you often have Um, these people that have very strong opinions, strong personalities that clash with someone else, but then as they develop into their character as like a better version of themselves, that's when they find love and love is like all powerful, all just amazing. So that's something that I 
just love about a really good enemies to lovers is the character development as they just become a better version of themselves and find that love that you want them to find because you care about a character so much as you see them develop, if that makes sense, what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I had a really similar thing when I was thinking about this episode of like how, I mean, you you hope to see character development in any story. Right. I think the nature of enemies to lovers kind of forces like your protagonists to like reflect on and see their inner prejudices they have. Yes. They have to stretch in that very uncomfortable way. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And sometimes like the way they view the world or view something in the world is like wrong or incomplete. (laughs) And often like the person who plays the enemy and lover role, like kind of by their nature and the things that make them clash makes them confront that part of themselves Mm -hmm. and ask like why they feel that way. So I feel like it's really like when it's done well it's really good catalyst for growth because yep. like you, it just immediately brings up like those issues my I, I love that right and it makes you kind of like I don't know I always internalize books which which can be <laughs> positive and negative <laughs> mm-hmm. but I think that it also makes me think about I don't know some kind of introspective like okay like am I continuing my own development as to being like checking checking myself you know what I mean I don't know but yeah. Oh no, I know what you mean. I, I especially like sometimes feel that way when the books have something to do with like so well like you and I both like grew up in a pretty like conservative, like religious community. Yeah. And so true. sometimes when like one of the characters has like a question about those things, I find it really interesting because I'm mm-hmm. like, Oh yeah, I can relate that to my own life. And right. like, like things I've experienced, people I've met, stuff like that. Yeah. Where it's like, and it, I don't know, it gets you like thinking about like real life questions mm-hmm. too. And it's really interesting. Yeah, for sure. What about the bad stuff? Oh, oh, the bad. Okay. Let's see. What is my cringiest that I just can't stand? Oh, gosh. I don't, I guess it comes back to character development. I said this before, just barely, but I can't stand when there's someone who change has to be it can be gradual and I know that love is very strong and can obviously change you know those prejudices or those views but I don't love when a character changes to something that doesn't even like it doesn't even coincide with anything about who they are I'm trying to think of an example I don't want to diss on any books though because I really just like to talk about books that I like okay but but without giving an example in a book can I like give an example of what I think you're talking about? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. So, so often I feel like that comes out in when you have kind of a, it often comes out in like a toxic male figure and a female going the I can fix him. Thing. Uh, yes. Yes, which, exactly. Toxic which relationship. Is not yeah. good, which is so not gaggy. good. Yeah. I loved, I loved the way I heard it put once. Um, I don't remember her name, but um, she was talking about how, like in real life, if a therapist tried to get involved with one of their clients, everyone would be scandalized and be like, no, that's not good. You should not have a romantic relationship with someone right. who you're trying to have a therapeutic relationship with. Mm-hmm. But then we do that all the time in books where it's like, I have a romantic relationship with you and now I'm going to be your therapeutic person. It's like, no, you shouldn't. Like right. you should be there for them, but you should encourage them to go to therapy with someone who is not like, having like bias towards them or having like an intimate relationship with them like it's like so many yeah. conflicts of interests all at once 
and it's yeah. just like no this it's is like, a bad idea yeah whoa 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 it's like <laughs> back up it's like it's like you can't fix him maybe he can be fixed but you should not be the one doing it you know what i mean yeah and that's just true about like life in general you know like yeah. fixing people yeah yeah. Like we're we're gonna have messed up stuff when we come into a relationship. Oh my goodness. I did not realize like how deeply my anxiety had ingrained different beliefs into myself until right. I was several years married and I was like, I am so sorry. Wow. Whoops. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. As you grow, for, you realize things. Yeah. Yes. Totally. And you unravel things and stuff. But you wanna come into a relationship as like psychologically whole and healthy as you can like there's gonna be stuff that comes up but right like you don't want to go into it the most damaged person that you can imagine right it just makes me think of like even I don't know just it that kind of thing in a book or anything like that it just seems so it seems like young and immature to me in like a toxic way because I'm thinking of like you know when I don't know if this is Yes, it's a middle school thing, and I cringe. I cringe because yeah. it's like a middle school, and when you see like a middle school, high school relationship after you're out of high school and everything, you're just like, oh, like you cringe so hard. And I think well, it's it, the same thing. It hurts with the books. when the characters are older. Like if you're oh. reading a book about high schoolers, fine. But like if you're reading a book about someone who's supposed to be like 700 years old dating a 17 year old or something like that, which that's a call out to several books, and then it's like an immature relationship. I'm like, ooh. Wow, we Ooh. still still need some still need a few more centuries there of <laughs> I know. I'm like you've yeah. had so much time to work through your issues. <laughs> yeah. Like can we like I get that, I get that. Oh, but sometimes yeah. Okay, I granted, I should also say that with all these I have these feelings, but every now and then I have a book that comes up and it's my exception. I'm like, I know, I probably shouldn't love it. I probably I do. shouldn't, and yet I love it. And it's, that's okay, because yes. you know, you gotta have like those like guilty pleasure reads too. But yep. in general <laughs> In general, that's what we think. Yeah. Yes. Um so Let's very do... specifically oh, yeah. I had can I yeah, I had yeah, a few yeah. specific things that I was thinking about too. I don't like it when enemies to lovers makes um excuses or like romanticizes abuse that's just not okay Mm. or when it brings up like consent issues or uncomfy like power dynamics those are like big no's for me that like really turns me off to a book when it's right I mean and sometimes it happens but then it's like legitimately fixed but when it's like a part of that person's like game plan like it's not just like a mistake they did one time but it's like a like part yeah. of their personality I'm like ooh, I don't want to not about that <laughs> right no I get that I totally get that it's the same with like I don't know it's just I think me and you do this a lot too you read books you internalize them you think about them really deeply and we just I don't like that stuff in real life because you see it and you can see it in people's relationships and it's just sad. And so reading a book about it, you're like, I'm not about that. So I'm not going to read that. Like I need to read something else. I, I get it. Characters to be happy, you know, like yeah. they're not real, but like they kind of are in the sense that like people like them are real. And so yes. like, I'm like, I want you guys to be happy. You live in my head and I want to, <laughs> I want you to me. have happiness. Please, yes. fictional yes. characters. We care about you. Yes. Yeah. I like it when the thing that makes them an enemy is something that is overcomable. So, like, 
Yeah. I just, like, am never going to get on board with those. Or it would have to be really impressively done. Because I've never been able to find a book that I like when, like, the thing they're overcoming is, like, he murdered her family. Or, you know, something like that. Uh, and yeah. Where it's like, uh, that's a little too intense for me. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> you get to be the villain. No, <laughs> you like, can be in the story, but you're I, the villain. Yeah, I, what book did I see the other? It was, like. What what I can't remember what it was called, but I read a little bit of the synopsis, and it was about how she was falling in love with someone that had like killed her best friend, Ooh. and I was like, "Listen, <laughs> no, absolutely not." Like, I do think no, it's a little, I do think it's a little different when I actually have an example today when it's like that that has this type of thing when it's like two sides of a war. That's a little different. It's a little more it's removed. Hard, it's not as personal. When it's like, we were in a battle, and you cut down my father. I'm like, wow, that's horrifying already, and I don't like it. But you know what I yeah. mean? Like, it's a little different than something that's more, like... Removed. Premeditated? Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I like the the thing that makes them enemies to be strong, but to be something that can be overcome without just, like, accepting a ton of red flags into your life. You know what right. I mean? Right. Yeah. Okay. We should... Did you have any more on like nope, no nope. let's no nope. let's, let's dive into some actual books yes we've got some recommendations for you guys today from yes. several genres a lot of fantasy obviously because fantasy definitely has a lot of enemies to lovers in there but we have a few that are also some other genres for you to kind of cover a few bases and see if there's anything that stands out to you of something that you would enjoy um do you want to start yeah i got this well i'll start with the one that i was just mentioning um also i feel like i'm yelling am i yelling no you're good okay. i actually no i can't tell i can't i feel like i am too but okay no you sound fine whenever i i have like headphones in, I feel like I'm you yelling. can't hear because your ears are plugged yeah, you oh i get tell. it you just kind of <laughs> hope for the best no you're um, doing great okay so what was i gonna say okay so my first book it's called Sky in the Deep. It's 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 like sort of a fantasy, but there's not a strong magic aspect to it. But there's a there's a short one. Mm -hmm. um, it's by Adrian Young. She's the same author who wrote um, like Fable and Namesake, which are really popular. But this was actually her debut novel, and she actually she I'm I'm a real nerd and love everything about her and all of all of her stuff. And I like how she refers to she likes writing peripheral magic where like magic kind of exists but it's not the focus it's kind of in the side part of the world mm -hmm. but this one it's actually like a viking inspired story Ooh, so cool. to, yes so to introduce because i think this is so great the very opening scene you open with your main character who's standing next to her battle buddy that's the wrong word like like they fight in pairs so she's standing next to her battle companion and they are like hunched over preparing for their their rival tribe to arrive. These this tribe has had a rivalry for years that goes back to their mythology of the different gods that they worship having a rivalry. And so like every is every year, wow. a couple of years, they get together and they fight. And so she's there and they're preparing to go into this really intense battle, and then the battle stars and they go in and she's fighting and she turns and she sees her brother and her brother died four years ago and he is fighting for the other side 
What? And she freaks out and starts following him, and he's trying to, like, run away from her and ends up getting captured by the enemy tribe and taken prisoner. And her brother, who we find out, of course, is not dead and has a reason why he's living and fighting with the enemy, um, um, convinces his, his friend, who, like, almost kills her in the first scene, to because like he's living with that friend's family and convinces them to take her in and not to kill her but when i say take her in they can't just like take her in because she hates them and kind of wants to murder them and kind of wants to murder (laughs) her brother after not after seeing him with them but um so she the only way to make it like plausible is for them to buy her as a slave and so she like has to wear like a collar and she's like the slave in their household and all this stuff and so okay yes so you have rival tribes you have like slave and master but it that makes it sound so bad (laughs) but it's so well done it's really beautiful it explores a lot of stuff to do with like found family and like friendship and forgiveness and you have i mean this is a spoiler but i mean it's not really a spoiler like you know it pretty pretty quickly on is you have your enemies to lovers relationship between her and one of her captors who like is a good person, but they're pitted against each other because they come of the from rivalry, the rival tribes. Yes. And then they're forced for reasons going on with some other tribes. They're forced to work together and it's, Oh, it's so good. It's so good kind of brutal because they're vikings and there's lots of battles and stuff so it's a little brutal but it's i i really love this one because like we were talking about earlier like you want to have a story that they have a prejudice to overcome and like immediately they go in with like these deep prejudices against the other people even though they don't personally know the other people at all Mm -hmm. And her brother, who's been living with them for, like, four years, kind of acts as that, like, mediating, sort sort of mediating, this in-between force who is, like, in the beginning, the only person who sees good in both of these tribes and who considers both sides to be family in a way. Right. It is excellent. You'll like it. Yep. Now it's on my TBR again. This is great. I feel like I'm getting so many things that I want to read now. It's awesome. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. By the time, once we, imagine, we're going to hit like 50 episodes or something like that. And we're just going to be like overwhelmed. And now, (laughs) what are we going to (laughs) do? As if we're not overwhelmed now, right? But yes, if you, if you like that premise, it's called Sky in the Deep by Adrian Young. I think it's a really good enemies to lovers that has a lot of the good enemies to lovers like tropes and stuff in it but yeah I don't personally feel like it falls into a toxic category so right. I really like that one as well awesome love it on my TBR okay so I will also do a fantasy enemies to lovers recommendation for all of you out there this one's a pretty popular one I didn't think it was popular until they made a Netflix series about it, which a lot of people have watched, which, okay, I won't say that bugs me because I do actually really like the Netflix series. I thought they did a really good job, and Lee Bardugo, who's the author, um, also 
obviously like ships it and everything. So I think that it's great. However, however, please, please go read the amazing books. Okay. She has so many, but the one I want to talk about is six of crows. So when you watch, Oh yeah. I was going to say the TV show, because it's shadow and bone, like I think it's like supposed to be like two years before six of crows. So it is not a substitute for the book. Like you're not getting spoilers and like if you've seen the movie, you don't know Six of Crows story. Like if you yes. read the book. Go on. Yes, Sorry. exactly. <laughs> no, yes, it, exactly. That's exactly what I'm saying. It's there is so much amazing stuff in there in the book that you're missing when you watch this series. Because the series is Shadow and Bone, and they have the characters from Six of Crows in there, and they do a fantastic job, and I love how they've how they've um, portrayed that but the book the book is glorious I love it I love it so much so Six of Crows by Lee Bardugo you've got different and this is another one of my favorite tropes because um, Enemies to Lovers is in there but I love the tropes of like a like a crew from very different backgrounds that work together and all of their different um like abilities and skills and talents come together to make something amazing happen. That is one of my absolute favorites. And so this is one of those. Um, and in that, within that trope of this crew, you know, accomplishing the impossible together, even with all their crazy backgrounds and prejudices and all that kind of stuff, they um, are within that trope anyways, there's the enemies to lovers with Nina and Matthias. I call him Matthias though. I know I looked up a pronunciation thing before this. I was telling Mikkel, I said, I don't know if I actually am pronouncing their names correctly, but I call them Nina and Matthias. Um, they, you've got, she has these incredible Grisha powers. It's called the Grisha verse. Grisha is like the magic that's in Lee Bardugo's series. And then you've got Matthias, who is like a witch hunter. They call Grisha, or these people with these abilities, with these magical abilities, they call them witches, and they hunt them and kill them because it is like not part of their religion, if that makes sense. But their relationship is so fun, and it's like funny. The humor is fantastic. Fantastic, And that's something that I also, I think I forgot to mention in Enemies to Lovers is I love like a sassy person and someone who's like pretty stoic. I just think it is hilarious because it's really they, yeah. it's just fun and they like, they bounce off of each other in such a fun way that just makes me laugh mm -hmm. and also makes me swoon at the same time. So it's like, oh, no, I'm just kidding. But it's just like, so it's so, so. So, 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 so good. It's there like are multiple good way, tropes. It's a good oh, yeah. way to balance, like, tension and, like, fluffier, funnier stuff. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. Because it's not all on one side. It's not all on the other. It just makes you smile, makes you want to read more. And that's why I think Lee really just kind of pulls you into the story and you just want to keep reading it. And it's just so much fun. And so I... I couldn't, I couldn't stop talking about it, but I probably need to. Six of Crows by Lee Bardugo. Read the freaking book. 
and then watch the series or watch the Netflix series and we'll do whatever you want. But please read the book. It is just so wonderful. It's actually a duology. I think there's a third one coming. Is there a third one coming? I think it's just I don't know. Duology. I just got to go look and see what she's working on. I think she's working but... on the Ninth House series now. So I think she must have just done a duology for Netflix okay. and Cursed Kingdom. Right. Well, she's so. Great. so much of her stuff is so, yes. Okay. So that is my other one, Kate. Um, what's your favorite thing Mikhail, about? Back to you. No, what's just your kidding. favorite thing about Nina and Matthias? I'm curious. Oh, my favorite thing about them. Okay, I'm going to say my favorite quote. Yeah. And this quote yes. is so funny. Once again, I just love the humor. She says, she says that I'm gonna I'm gonna slaughter it. Um. It's not often, or you don't find people as stupid as they are tall, and yet here you stand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so funny. I'm like, zinger. I'm like, I'm going to use that in my everyday conversation. That was so funny. It was so, so good. You'll walk I just, into that conversation I love... feeling so confident, and the person will like not yeah. even know why you're so happy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. I just think that. Nina has to overcome fear and fear is a very difficult thing to overcome and yet she's not afraid of him. She's kind of like she kind of pulls him to her in that she's like, "Hey, I don't I I think that what your people believe is wrong and the reason why is I'm an actual person." And when he realizes that, or when he, like, accepts that, that witches, quote-unquote, the Grisha, are actually, like, real people with real feelings, and just when he overcomes that and accepts that his feelings for her isn't, like, a sin, quote-unquote, like, against his religion, Mm -hmm. and realizes that maybe there are some things in the way that he was brought up that aren't exactly correct... Um, that just like really speaks to me because I think that we, and once again, I internalize things, but just finding our own truth, finding, that's not exactly what I want to say either. I don't know. I just love that they can overcome backgrounds to find their love for each other because it's more of that character development that I said at the beginning of the episode. It's just, it's so good. Yeah. You know what this actually reminds me of? So... Essentially, this is, like, a witch and a witch hunter story, right? Which, by the way, is, like, really popular right now. And I kind of dig that because I kind of love it. Yes. And we just finished Buddy reading Wolf and the Woodsman. And that's another enemies to lover witch witch hunter story. And it made me think Mm -hmm. of that that scene where Evike has been brought to the capital. And a girl who – so Evike has – the reputation of being a witch essentially although like kind of not but so, so she's viewed as being a pagan being a witch being essentially not someone who has a soul but is like a monster like a wolf in sheep's clothing essentially ironically because she's the wolf girl and yep. um a girl in the random city like looks at her and says to her like you don't look like a monster and just kind of, like, you know how kids, like, just kind of yeah. throw things out. And she kind of, like, just, like, notices that. I actually really loved that line because I feel like that is 
like something that you see that like that that really encapsulates that example of being like enemies to lovers where you have these like deep-seated beliefs about what another person or another people is like and then you meet them and you're forced to be like oh well you're actually not that at all or right like that's not a full depiction of who you are and like they're forced to confront the other person's humanity and i love that i really i yes i lo- exactly I love humanity that. exactly yes yep yes speaking of witch hunters what's your next one isn't yes. it another witch hunter one it yes is. i love okay so i so want to talk about serpent and dove and i've only read the first one so i cannot speak to the trilogy because bloody honey is still on my um I'm trying to not buy more books, so it's at the library, <laughs> but it's a way. You keep trying. Yeah. You keep doing that. So I'm going to get to it soon. We'll see. Um, but I I loved Serpent and Dove, and I liked it a lot more than I was expecting to, actually. It kind of caught me by surprise. And you haven't read this one yet, and it's like, I know it's like on your bookshelf physically, so I'm hoping. Right. It's it. literally sitting next to me right now. I'm staring at it yes. at this very moment. And I'm like, read, read it. Okay. So I'm going to share something that I'm kind of weak for. I, I get so annoyed with books that are, and I mean, of course, some people are like this and you can have characters like this, but I feel like for so long characters and books were like girls and books were very, they were viewed in one way, and it was kind of viewed as like the naive, overly innocent. Um, how do I put this? Damsel in distress. Damsel in distress, like like the typical stereotypes that people had about women. You showed up in movies. They showed up in books, and mm. I really love. I really love a strong female character that is confident in herself, that is confident in her body, that is confident in, like, her relationship to things like love and sex and things like that. I kind of actually am really weak for that because that confidence, mm-hmm. like, like someone who is, mm-hmm. who is passionate and kind of owns it, I really, really love those characters. They make me really happy. Same. And Same. And actually, that shows up a lot, I've noticed, in, like, the witch and witch hunter tropes. And so maybe that's why I like those ones. And because, like, that... And they're popular, so that's good. Yeah, like... You get more of what you like, yeah. Like, Nina is like that, and she's, like, really confident in herself. And I love that about Lou, who's the main female protagonist in Serpent and Dove as well, that she's, like, listen, like... Like, I own who I am, and I love who I am. And he's like, who you are is horrifying. And she's like, no, it's it's great. Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> it's kind of just like, um, sorry that you feel that way. but And, and it's, it's so unapologetic. And I just really, really love, I'm really drawn to those characters. And so, in brief, Serpent and Dove, you have a witch witch hunter. And this witch is hiding from her people, and you don't know why in the beginning, And but you know that she has some messed up crap in her past, and you don't really know why. And she gets pretty quickly, I won't go into the details of how, but they very quickly get in a situation where kind of to save his reputation, they have to get married. So they're kind of forced into, they have the forced marriage trope. And she, at first she's against it, but then she's like, you know what, I actually have a lot of enemies. Um, Yeah, yeah you can protect me. She does, he does not know at this point that she is a witch. And she's like, okay, yes, 
I will go with you, and I will be your wife, and, and I'll be safe. And I will be safe because there are people who are looking for me, and I cannot let them find me. And so she goes to live in this is it convent palace. I don't remember. She goes to live in like the the main place where all the soldiers who hunt witches live. And so she's like surrounded by people who, if they knew who she was, would want to kill her. And they're forced to confront the fact that he is very pious. He is very religious. He is very prejudiced against witches. And he's very conservative in his mannerisms. And she is a little crass and very open and very confident. And she is very much a rule breaker and kind of like a rebel and so they immediately clash in personality they immediately oh yes it's giving me yes this is giving me nina matthias vibes and i dig it definitely those vibes i feel like they're very similar that's my favorite yes and i love yeah i i'm I'm looking for more of those actually because i like them yes um i like I'm trying to decide. I have a pile of quotes here and I cannot read them all. And so I'm, I might pick one, maybe. Um, yeah, there's a scene where he has had to confront like his feelings for her. And instead of this, I like to because we were just talking about how you want to confront your uh, prejudices. I say you, we are not the characters, but like when reading these books, you see the characters (laughs) confront their prejudices and leave behind some things. But like, I like when you see integration and like synthesis of putting to like putting together who they were before and who they were, who they are after having met like this other character. And it like makes a person. So it's not like fully, sometimes it's not fully abandoning they're, in fact, I like it better when they're not abandoning their first self, but they're integrating their new self to their old values. So there's this beautiful scene where you see that happening in Reed. So their names are, I didn't even say that, their names are Lou and Reed. And Reed has come to feel differently. At this point, he still doesn't actually know she's a witch. But in terms of her personality, all the ways that it clashed with him, he's come to appreciate and admire her and wants to value her as like his wife and and cares for Mm -hmm. her and i love that the way that he expresses that is he actually quotes a scripture which you would think wouldn't be romantic but it is it is i love (laughs) romantic scripture okay okay and so i i i ship that so i'm gonna i'm gonna read the quote from it because i think it's really sweet says do not urge me to leave you or turn back from you he trailed his fingers down my arm in slow torturous strokes my head fell back on his shoulder my eyes fluttering closed as his lips continued to move against my neck where you go i will go where you stay i will stay and like sweet and romantic but i also love that like it's like also showing like his beliefs and who he was before didn't just like disappear but they, tr- yes. they transformed, Thank you. you know? Thank you. They transformed yes. to become this new thing. So, like, his faith wasn't obliterated, but it did change. In the best possible yeah. way because it's love. It changed yes. to include more people. And I guess, like, I really love that because as a person of faith, because, like, I believe in God, like, I've found that happening in myself, like, as I grow up, that, like, my faith has changed to include more people. And... 
So I kind of love that in my characters, you know, when you see like your view of like God and faith and stuff, just like growing and expanding and just, just love and love everywhere. This book also has a few really heartbreaking moments that just like, Mm -hmm. I can't, I just, but we'll, Uh Oh Oh, no. (laughs) When it's like, yeah, I'm a words of affirmation person. So when someone says something that feels like a betrayal, like, like, that's those sad. words. That's those sad. Too deep. They really do. Yeah. So I really recommend this book if you like um, witch witch hunter books. Check out. Um, yeah, check out both Six of Crows and Serpents and Dove. It Serpent and Dove is by Shelby Mahurin. Mahurin. I don't know how to say her last name, but Shelby Mahurin. And I think that's right. And yeah. I think it's a trilogy, and she just came out with a third book, so you can go read the whole thing now. So that's nice. It's always nice to have a completed series. Yes, a complete series, please. (laughs) Okay, back to you. You wanted to talk to... Awesome. Back to me. Okay, another fantasy. And I'm telling you, I cannot talk about enemies to lovers and not talk about my favorite series. My favorite, my absolute favorite series is A Court of Thorns and Roses. This is a pretty well-known series. It's by Sarah J. Moss, and it's very popular, and I think for a good reason, because it is amazing, and I just love it. I cannot contribute to this part of our conversation, because I have not read Akatai yet, so you take the wheel. Go ahead. I'm taking it. I'm taking the wheel, and I am running. I will try to I will try to uh, reel it in a little bit because I I really do love this series so much. It is I feel like it came at a time in my life when I really needed it. Yeah, that makes a big and difference. And so it's it is near and dear to my heart. You've got the first book of the series. So I'll kind of talk about maybe I should just talk about the first one cuz there's so many in the series. Um but Let's go with the first one to set four up, so far. Premise. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the the premise is it's a it's a Beauty and the Beast retelling, but very very loose. I'd say it's Fay. So you've got that Fay kind of vibe to it, which is pretty cool. It's something that I enjoy. If you like Holly Black, um, kind of there's those Fay vibes to it and then you've got this girl whose name is Feyre she is in the human world with two sisters and her father and they are very poor and they are barely surviving and she is taking care of her family even though she is um she's the youngest and she is the one that is carrying her family and helping them to survive by hunting and selling what she hunts. And um, she kills a wolf in the forest. And it turns out that that wolf was actually a fae. And so, oh man, I explained this way too much. Basically, um... Yes, it's basically just like your reel that you did where it's like, this. I'm going to prepare this podcast. And then it's like, you know when? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's basically me right like now. pages of messy notes in front of us right now, but getting it all out, it's just a hot mess. <laughs> it's just a big hot yeah, mess. Like, that's, that's what you should expect. 
on this podcast. Yes, expect <laughs> this and just bear with us and love it, please. <laughs> um, so she kills this fae, not realizing that it is. And she's in the human world, I say. There's a wall of magic that separates the fae kingdom world from the mortal realm. And a fae prince comes to their door and demands retribution for someone who killed his um like one of his soldiers and he is like he's there she's like trying to protect her family from him and she says fine i'll go with you and he takes her to the fey world which kind of has that beauty and the beast kind of thing where she's like i'll go with you and stay with you and that whole thing is very there's so many details. I won't go into too many of the details, obviously, because if I do, this would be, like, probably an hour and a half. But she goes there, and she makes friends, enemies. Um, it's a very dangerous world to be immortal there. But I can't even talk about it without ruining everything. So if you haven't read it, it's it'll blow your mind when you read all the books in the series. I just like, don't even know how to talk about it because if I do, it just ruins everything. Here, I have a question. Can but I it, my help? Yeah. What are like elements of the enemies to lovers relationship that you really like about the story? Okay. Um, the character development of Farah from the beginning to when she ends up with the person that she's in love with is incredible because she comes from a background of obviously she's mortal in a fae world and she is very self-sacrificing um and as she's i don't know this is another spoiler so i won't say it but she starts out as the strongest of her family spoiler zone so if you don't want to know what Lynette is going to spoil, skip a couple minutes. <laughs> now skip a couple minutes and I'll talk really, really fast. Now, I'll talk really fast. Okay. Like, if they're at this point, they now know. They're going to get some spoilers for book one. Okay, book okay. one. Okay. She dies trying to... She dies to save the Fae people from a very, very, very evil person. Um, and because of that, the different fae lords that she saves all give her a piece of their power and bring her back to life and she becomes fae. And so she comes from, you know, a very weak mortal person, but she has a strong heart. And that is what I love about her so much is she has a strong personality in this heart that she puts into everything of protecting her family with who she loves and, when she becomes Faye, I feel like it just magnifies. It magnifies everything that is amazing about her as she grows in that way. And then, after, because like the way that she saved the Faye world, she has a lot of PTSD that she's dealing with. And the person that she falls in love with helps her process that. Not in like a, th- I feel like it's not in a therapist way, like what you were talking about before. Yeah. But it's in, like, a way, like, I care about you so much that I want to be there for you as you process what you're going through instead of burying it. Because there's someone who just 
kind of buries her down instead of helping her process the PTSD. And I, I don't know the person that she ends up with that loves her also has like things that they've gone through that they've struggled with that helps them like become who they are. And so it they are able to help her with that. But like I said, it's not, I don't think it's in a therapist way. Like you said, it's in a way that they just love them so deeply that they want what's best for them. It's like he's there to like witness her experience without trying to like fix it or brush it aside type of thing. Right. He, he helps her fight back because when she was immortal, she was not able to do that. But when she becomes Faye, she is able, well, she, she trains and becomes strong and is able to fight back and protect those that she loves because that's what she's always wanted to do. And now she's like able to do it. Mm-hmm. And that is what is so beautiful about it. Ugh, I completely slaughtered that. I apologize to all the Akatar fans out there. I, but I love this story. And I really think that if you like a really amazing, beautiful, magical land, with Faye, with enemies to lovers, with there's so much in there. There's so much. I'm like talking about a tiny layer of like this incredible story. Go and read it. A Court of Thorns and Roses, Sarah J. Moss. Okay. Spoiler zone. That's it. <laughs> no more spoilers. <laughs> this I haven't read this one, but I know you're mad that I have. I know so much about this story. <laughs> I was like, a little bit. Is, I was like, why is this a big deal? And so I looked up so much about the series. So I'm, Jeanette and I have a contract that I, verbal contract, that I will read the series. So at some point we will have an Akatar series episode because it's going to happen. You must yes. read it. You yes, must. Because you must. It's, it's a big deal in our community. I kind of feel like community meaning people who like to read. That's what I mean by community. <laughs> Um, the book community. I feel like it's in a way, I don't know, some people might like this, some people might not, but I kind of feel like it's our age's Twilight in the sense that it, it was like this really, mm. big deal, really huge fandom, really divisive of people loving or hating it, like really sweeping, mm-hmm. huge, like love story that just like took the book world by storm. It's like one of, yeah. if you go anywhere that people like love fantasy at all, this book shows up. Like, or people at least have feelings about it, you know? And it's yeah. just, it's, it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a big deal. So, <laughs> um, there you go. We had four main books that we wanted to talk about. How long have we been talking? Wow. You know, this one might be a little bit longer because we're at like 46 minutes, but I don't feel like we're like really banging, but <laughs> But maybe getting close. <laughs> um, I actually I forgot, but I wanted to share like a quote. I don't I haven't read any of this lady's books, but I love this quote she has about enemies to lovers. And I think it's so it made me like think and like go back and like look at some things. Mm-hmm. So I love it. Her name is Linda Howard. I think she's a romance author, but I haven't actually read anything of hers, but I, I've seen her stuff. And it says, If your hero is a firefighter, your heroine better be an arsonist. <laughs> I love that. I'm like, that is like, yeah, the tension. And so I actually like looked and I had like looked at my list of some of my favorites and I, and I was like, okay, so are they opposites? And I'm like, okay, well, you guys are like opposite tribes 
witch witch hunter, another witch witch hunter, you guys, yeah, like, started going through it, like, Wolf and Woodsman is another, um, witch witch hunter story, Mm -hmm. Renegades is, um, a story about a superhero and a supervillain who, Hunter, um, Ash Princess is about, like, the princess of a kingdom that has been conquered so she is like a fallen princess who and her love interest is like the heir to the kingdom that destroyed her her family the people who mm-hmm. i love so, that one i love renegades and ash princess those are yes, both so good i started like looking for opposites have you read frostblood that one's on my tbr so one, they're opposites like they have opposites in terms of like their cultural beliefs, but it, 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 it's um, what's it called? Like elemental magic. So she has fire and he has ice, and so it's like, and then those aspects play into their personalities. Where she's like very open and passionate, and he's very like closed. Cold. He's like very closed down, <laughs> like very guarded, and yes. so things like that. And it, it's I once I started thinking about it, I like couldn't stop, and I'm like, and this one, and this one, and this one, where. They're like the perfect storm to pit against one another. Like the person that in an ideal world, right. like, well, that's the one person I cannot fall in love with. In a book, that's going to be the person that's they're going to fall. Yes, in. yes. It's just a really random tidbit I wanted to put into this episode because I love that shit. No, no, that's awesome. That is so true. I'm going to be looking for that now. I'm definitely going to be looking for that now, and I'll see it everywhere. And I'm like, ah, okay, also, <laughs> true. If you want to read a book about a firefighter and an arsonist? I know. Doesn't that like make you want to write a book or like read a book about it? <laughs> um. So we have those named four. Do you want to? Okay. So if you liked enemies to lovers, we gave you more of an in-depth look at those four. Maybe we could just like share like a few titles of a few others. Yes. Okay. Go for it. All right. So I've got a couple here that I'll just tell you the title and the genre and like a tiny blurb like really 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 short I can do it super fast um so I'm gonna start with a western I know that that is not as common of a genre but I kind of wanted to branch out a little bit from our fantasy love because fantasy is wonderful but there's so many good things out there in so many different genres so this is a western this is called the sheriffs of satin it's got a mouthful. <clears throat> the Sheriffs of Savage Wells. This is by Sarah Eden. Oh. And she's written. She is. Oh, yes. Oh, it is wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. It is. Actually, I got to double check. I'm pretty sure. This one, why it's so awesome is you've got this town called Savage Wells, okay, out just in the thick of it, just in the west, and you've got a woman who wants to become the sheriff of the town, and she's like a local, she is from there, and then you have this hotshot sheriff from like another, a really big western city, and he's being sent to be the sheriff of this city, So he comes to the city of Savage Wells that needs a sheriff. He waltzes in like, all right, I'm your sheriff. And then as he gets there, 
this woman is there and she's like, um, no, I'm going to be the sheriff because I know the people here and I know what they need and I would be a better sheriff than you. So it's kind of like an Annie get your gun vibe, which is so fun. It's so fun where she's like, I'm better than you and I can beat you. And so they come up with this like competition of who can like be the better sheriff and whoever wins is going to be the sheriff of the city. Okay, so there's that. Sorry, Sheriff of Savage Wells, if you like a Western with like an Annie Get Your Gun kind of battle of the sexes, but then they, I don't know, anyways, by Sarah Eden. Also, I'm guessing, then, I'm guessing Sarah Eden is like one of the, those authors that is notorious and like proud of writing very crude romance. Is that, does that mm-hmm. hold true for the story as well? Oh yeah, mm-hmm, yep, I would say that's true. It is just pure gold it is such a fun it's a fun read for that genre i think i love mm, a ton of sarah eden's books i just devour them so quickly they're so good um i've read a lot of her books yes oh, that is true same <laughs> she writes them very quickly and gets them out and i love it I'm going to keep it coming. Keep it coming. I love it. Um, Okay, a Regency Enemies to Lovers that I just read recently that I love is called Lakeshire Park. It's by Megan Walker, and it is fantastic. You've got a sister, two sisters, and they're losing their inheritance. And you've got the older sister wants to help the younger sister find someone to marry to um like to because in the regency era they need like protection women always needed like income and it usually came through a husband and so she finds this gentleman who would be perfect with her sister and she's like i'm gonna set them up so that it will save us from from destitution from being super poor um but when she gets there she finds a brother and sister duo who the brother is trying to do the same thing for his younger sister is set her up with this gentleman. And so you've got the sister and the brother kind of fighting against each other, trying to set up this gentleman with their sibling. So that's kind of like a rivalry enemies thing. The rivalry is Um, I'm going to be a better matchmaker than you essentially. That is so fun. Also, I just added this to my TBR. You're describing it because I've been on a Regency kick lately and that looks really cute. A good Regency. Yes. Oh, it is so fantastic. My sister sent it to me in the mail and was like, here, I think you'd like this. And I was like, Those you're the best. best. And it was ever. so good. People, like, send surprise books. You sent me a surprise book once. And I was like, oh my gosh. I did. I six hours. I put my baby down to bed. I sat down. I did not stand back up. Maybe because everyone wants to pee for six hours. And I was like, <laughs> in the morning. It was, <laughs> it was great. I love it. Oh, that just makes my heart happy. I love it. Okay, and then one last one. Sorry, this is a steampunk. So for those steampunk lovers out there, this is a really fun enemies to lovers steampunk novel. It's called Brass Carriages and Glass Hearts. It's by Nancy Campbell Allen, and it is a retelling. It's a steampunk Cinderella retelling. Yeah, it's Brass Carriages and Glass Hearts. 
So Cinderella retelling, you've got this girl who is a, she's kind of like a, she's a protester. She's kind of like the head of, um, like a head of a group of people that protest the government that's there. And then you've got the guy who is the, he's like the head detective of the police department. And so she's always going to all these rallies and starting all these like, um, starting these protests and he is there to make sure that things don't get crazy or violent. And it's so funny. Oh, it's just so fun to see there how they clash. Um, so it's a loose steampunk Cinderella. Really, really fun. Um, yeah, you there you go. Okay. Yep. That's why I said it. <laughs> I was like, it's a retelling. Hello. Um, not all, of course, not all retellings are equal, but they, oh, I just gravitate towards them. I really do. They're so fun. Also, kind of a random note, not to do with enemies or lovers, but I'm looking and on Goodreads, it has like the other books by that author, because I guess it's like part of a series. It's like a steampunk series, and it looks like the other ones just by their titles seem to be also based on fairy tales. There's one that talks about like, correct, the spindle or Beauty and the Clockwork Beast. So looks like they're yep. on others. Cool. Yep. Lady in the Coppergate Tower is one of them, too. She does a lot of retellings of fairy tales, but steampunk, and oh, they're fun. fun. And that's different, too, because we want to give you guys different things, too. You know, like, we know we read a lot yep. of fantasy, but we want to like, really hear from some other people. Um, okay, I have a couple to mention briefly. I will give them short explanations. One of them that is really fun. Kay. Okay, so on, not the original, because, of course, it goes back, like, to epics of time, but I think one of the classic enemies to lovers that people think about is Pride and Prejudice, right? Which is great. And it's right, right there. We've been talking about this whole time, like overcoming your prejudices as you fall in love with another person and get to know them. And Pride and Prejudice, amazing, beautiful example, awesome. But um, I just read a Pride and Prejudice retelling I am very quickly going to have the reputation of, like, that's not all I read. But you know what? It's like 90% is true. <laughs> um, but it's a Pride and Prejudice retelling um, with a murder mystery twist. And so you have um, Lizzie and Darcy pitted against each other in, like, a very enemies and lovers way. But they're, um, instead of it being, like, being in, an insult, they're actually rivals. And I actually love, like, of the whole enemies to lovers umbrella, the little sub cloud genre thing of rivals to lovers. I love it. I think it's so fun. I love, like, academic rivals to lovers, too. Anyway, but yeah. they're rivals because they both want to be a barrister, so, like, a lawyer. Um, and she can't because she's a woman. Well, she makes it really difficult for her, but she's trying to anyway, and so she kind of takes the initiative to defend who she believes to be innocent and it's Mr. Bingley has been framed for murder and so she's like goes to him and is like I want to take on your case and he's like well dang my best friend has already got it and she's like well gonna try anyway I'll just bring you any information I have <laughs> so they're like both trying to solve this case but they're like getting in each other's way and they have lots of different prejudices against each other because they had a really bad like first meeting situation things like that 
and it's so cute. I love it. It's a really cute twist, and if you know, like, the Pride and Prejudice world, there are so many different nods to the original, but it's still, yes. like, it's, it's different. Like, the story is not the same, but the characters are. So, like, this feels like Mr. Bennett, or this feels like Mr. Collins, but they're in different roles. So it's like, it, I feel like they took Pride and Prejudice I love it. and threw it into the multiverse, and they came out with like Regency era Victorian, not Victorian. I always get this mixed up. Like came out with this new thing that was a murder mystery, where like the characters were the same, but the story was suddenly a little bit different. I love it. Oh my gosh! Okay, really fast. I just looked up the dedication from Pride and Premeditation, and it says to all the obstinate, headstrong girls forging new paths. Like and yeah, yes. <laughs> Love it. We love a good strong woman character. We really do. Yes, um, I do. So all those yes. ones I mentioned earlier, I would say check them out. Check out Wolf and the Woodsman. It's gory, but it's beautiful. Check out Frostblood. It's fun. It got me out of a reading slump. Check out Ash Princess. Solid, beautiful trilogy. Both Frostblood and Ash Princess have um, elemental magic in different ways. Like fire, earth, water, all that stuff. But the one I'm going to spend just another minute on is Renegades, because I think Renegades is a really good enemies to lovers. That's like a really, it's a really mm-hmm. sweet enemies to lovers, but also very sad. Very, the very sad part is the beginning, because you basically open on the scene right before her family dies. That's not a big spoiler. It happens like three pages in. But, um. Yes. It's so like, sad. Um, it's a superhero story. And in this world, essentially, the supervillains overthrow the superheroes and create total anarchy. And then the superheroes rally, and they defeat the supervillains, and some of the people who support them on both sides are killed. Like, like um, civilian casualties, essentially, right? So this, the main character, this girl, who in the book is a villain, so you're getting this villain perspective, she... Um, her family is is without spoiling much. It's 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 like a it's like a casualty, but there's more there's more that happens there. But her family is killed, and she has reason to believe that the heroes did it like like and, and not just like by accident, but that they intended to kill her family. And so she goes on a mega uh, revenge. Quest, and she really sinks herself deep into the supervillain world. All of her friends, her found mm-hmm. family, are these people who have a lot of bitterness towards the the heroes um, of society who have like built up like a whole system where now they're like training young heroes and they have like competitions and it's like they're they're super popular. And she's like the outcast and also the villain, and she infiltrates there. Is it a school? I don't remember now. It's not a school. It's like a I, workplace. Yeah, and like a training. Like a training. She yeah. infiltrates the hero's infrastructure and pretends to be a hero to try and bring them down. But of course, because it's enemies to lovers, someone who she considers her enemy, well, you know it's not going to end up that way in the end. It's really cute. It's, um, it's by Marissa Meyer. And... It's, it's a trilogy. It's finished. It's complete. 
and I think you recommended to me the series like years ago, actually, but I didn't read it till this year. I think so. Renegades? I, I think so, just because I was like, have you read this other yeah. stuff by Marissa Meyer? Because we both were like yeah. huge Cinder fans yeah. and Heartless and, and all of her stuff. And yeah. I was like, that's heartbreaking, but also interesting, but also it's not finished. And I remember being like, I don't want to read it yet. And then I forgot about it. And then years later, I was like, oh my gosh, that series. And at that point, yes. Wait, there's more. <laughs> there's and more additions to it. This last spring. So that's a really... That's a really good one. When I say cute, I mean, like, the love story is cute, but the actual, like, her character is. story is really moving because it, you know what, I'm realizing I'm drawn to superhero stories. I am. It's okay. <laughs> we we do that. Yeah. It's what we do. Yeah. And, well, and it's probably a big theme that just comes up a lot because in a lot of enemies to lover stuff, you have to forgive, like, stuff that happened in the past. Yeah. Right. Um... Also, I will not go into it, but if you have made it this far in the episode, dude, you are our friend because this is this is a long one. Thanks for sticking with us. <laughs> but if you're yes. this far, I just I just gotta know. Go to our Instagram. It's at Storyhook. Go to our Instagram and message us. Are you a Zuko and Katara fan, or are you a Katara and Aang fan? Because I'm still so salty that we didn't get a ship Sutara. I ship Sutara very hard. If you are in the same ship, same. come, say hi, spill all your feelings. If you are not <laughs> on the ship, I will honor your feelings. Come share them anyway. And maybe I'll change your mind. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's an enemy to lovers I wish I had seen that we didn't really, but... I, mean, uh, I have yeah. like, my own. The could have, the could have been like uh, ending for that one, which doesn't make sense at all. But, <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's an enemy to love. We were even cheated, just a little bit. Yes, I saw that. I was so like, crazy. "Are you serious?" I did not like the movie version that they did. It, no, it, me neither. I know, I'm afraid. They're trying so hard. I'm like, listen to people's feedback and that it is good. Because if it's done well, that'd be amazing. But the age differences of the actors they cast, I don't think they can put Katara and Aang together because there's like a bigger age gap between them. And so I'm like, uh, if you change yeah. this and give me Sutara, I might forgive you. <laughs> I might just <laughs> become a convert because. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Um, before we end, what are some enemies to lovers books that you are looking forward to reading? Okay. I have a list. A very long list, okay. so I'll say them really fast. I don't have all the authors here, so I'm just gonna throw out a bunch of titles. I'll try to say them really clearly and you can go check these out and see, just Google them and find the author and um because I just threw this list together really quickly. So, obviously, Serpent and Dove, which is what Mikkel talked about. That one is, like I said, I'm going to go read it after we're done with this. <laughs> um, these Violent oh, Delights. That's the only one I had on my list. <laughs> I'm so excited. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. Oh, they're so good. All of these, literally all of these are fantasy, you guys. I'm so sorry. Oh, um, let's see. Okay, A Song of Wraiths and Ruin. The Wrath and the Dawn, The Kinder Poison, Crier's War, The Lady Rogue, 
To Kill a Kingdom, The Tiger at Midnight, and Sky in the Deep, which Mikkel also talked about, which obviously they are there. I also... No, there's so many. If I said I also have, I would just read my whole TBR. So... Just go to, like, a I recognize a lot of those, so uh, we should we should do like a buddy read and like invite people to buddy read with us if they want to. That would be fun. Yes, we should. Yeah. Good plan. I dig it. But we gotta work on what we're finishing now because I'm literally reading like three books at once right now and it's a pile. You know, when everything comes available, all <laughs> nice. And you're it's weird because like it's like well I have this I have you this want all of it for like X amount of weeks and I can um extend if I need but I feel a weird pressure on myself it's totally self-inflicted like the library is not inflicting this pressure. <laughs> they're just like well return it when you're done and I'm like I have to read this in like five days and so then because <laughs> I don't want to forget about it and so I'll, I'll be like oh no like this book I was reading and then more library books come in on the app and I'm like oh no oh no yeah <laughs> it's, accurate it's, I need a, I need so a true well, I feel like I have more things to say, but we we should probably end it here, shouldn't we? Maybe we'll have to do a follow-up episode yes. sometime. Yes. If you want more enemies to lovers, let oh, us yeah. know. We'll do another one. We might yeah. just do another one anyways. We'll definitely <laughs> do some like episodes where we review some books that were enemies to lovers, so you'll get some more taste. And if you liked this one, we could just hop on and do another one here didn't like it we probably still yep. do another one and you can just skip it because there's a lot of <laughs> no lot problem of for enemies to lovers okay but just like one more thing i love that enemies to lovers so easily sets up like a good opportunity for the one bed trope or like forced proximity trope i just i love that mm-hmm. um, mm. good ones. yes okay same okay so good Okay, also, awesome send us your recommendations. If, like, you have, like, a burning favorite that you're like, this is amazing, and you didn't even mention it in this episode, like, go message us and send it, because we take suggestions, and we read, we, like, take them seriously, and we will read it, so. Yes, please. Yes, we love it. We love that, too. Hearing your recommendations, it's all... It's all just so good. It's all good stuff that we want to hear from you. We love to share it with you. We're all in this amazing, crazy adventure together doing, yes. reading all of these books. We know that this podcast <laughs> is a, a little messy, and it's because our lives are a little messy. And I know that a lot of other readers' lives are a little messy, and some of you are moms, and some of you are going to school, or just like, you know, living, surviving. So, yeah. You are our um, people. Thanks for being here. <laughs> thanks for sitting here for an hour and 10 minutes. Wow. Good for you. I hope this was fun. <laughs> we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye. You hooked yet? Join us next week for our next episode or find us on Instagram to connect and chat about your newest book-related obsession. Thank you.